Welcome to the Rush Hour Podcast. Sit back and relax or hop on the treadmill for the next hour as we talk Saskatchewan Rush Lacrosse. Every month, Jake Elliott will talk with Saskatchewan players, coaches, executive and team personnel about all things Rush Lacrosse. And now, the host of the Rush Hour Podcast, Jake Elliott. Lacrosse fans, how's it going? Jake Elliott here. This is the Rush Hour Podcast presented by Merlin Ford Lincoln, your premier choice for Ford Lincoln in Saskatoon. And uh, no better time than right now, I would say. Go out there, get yourself to feel good. Go get a new car. Merlin Ford Lincoln. Uh, Jake Elliott joined by Ryan Flaherty here on Season 2, Episode 6 of Rush Hour. Flats, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for doing this. How is life treating you and the province of Saskatchewan, the city of Saskatoon? You know, uh, it's not bad this week. They finally look like spring has arrived uh, after a couple of false starts last month. And uh, the weather's a little nicer, of course, (laughs) a bit of a bit of a double whammy when you you can only enjoy it to a certain extent right now but at least uh i think that's got people's moods uh, a little bit better and as we are recording this we're going to be hearing uh from the premier of saskatchewan yes, tomorrow uh he's going to be unveiling sort of the reopening plan if you will not to say that things are going to be going back to normal overnight but I think there is uh, a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel, at least out in these parts. And I think that has got people feeling a little bit better this week. So things are pretty decent. Good to hear, my friend. Good to hear. I miss you. I miss Rush Nation. Thanks for tuning in here for the month of April. I think we're going to do this one more time in the in the month of May. And hopefully by the time that rolls around, flats the the plight of the world has has changed a little bit i know saskatoon is doing quite well as far as the the numbers go and as here in british columbia with the the population and what have you doing quite well as well but i still think uh, like you said we're a long way away from being back to normal but with all these new kind of procedures and precautions that people are starting to take it's working and this is kind of how the way of life is going to be for the next little while. And I think people are kind of starting to wrap their head around that sort of behavior for the next foreseeable future. Yeah, I think so. It, it's, you know, you're seeing a little bit of the, you know, some of the people saying, well, the numbers aren't very high, so why can't we just go back to blah, blah, blah. And forgetting the fact that the numbers not being high is evidence that what we're doing seems to be working. Mm -hmm. So we should probably continue doing that for a while. So I'm certainly not a health expert. I know you're not. But uh, I think, you know, it it seems like the most people have been getting the message and have been sticking to sort of the, the principles that have been laid out by health officials, by government officials. And, uh, you know, it's not great in some parts of the country still and some parts of the, the world for sure. Uh, but all we can do is just keep at her, I guess. And uh, the nice thing is, that as we are seeing some glimmers of hope, is maybe there's a glimmer of hope that we might get some uh, some more sports, some more NLL, maybe, maybe this summer. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Yeah, I, I think that's probably the way to put it. As we know by now, 
the National Lacrosse League regular season has been canceled. So whatever they do now moving forward, it will be strictly a postseason tournament. And uh, they still haven't come up with a, a drop-dead date on that. It's still in flux, and they're still open to pretty much every situation and scenario that they can make it work. I don't know, Ryan. Like, what do you think? I think if you start to get into September, then then you're moving towards next year a little too much and, and not leaving guys enough time to – get it right you know what i'm saying so there's there's a lot of things in play when it when it comes to making a decision like that do they play in front of fans do they play in one location is that even viable so a lot of undetermined things and and you nobody really knows like how long it's going to be and and for me the the biggest fear of it all for me is that we don't wait long enough and we go through this again yeah, nobody wants to start over from from square one with this uh, because if we have to do that, I think it, it's a fair bet things will there will be some even further restrictions than we've already faced, right? So because if you don't get it right the first time, you're not just going to do it exactly the same the second no. time. There's no. going to be it's going to be more. So you know, for everyone's sake, you know, for your own sake, if you're if you're thinking about getting a jump on things, just hold off, right? But that being said, seeing that some of the sports uh, leagues, some of the big leagues are starting to at least speak a little bit more openly about some of the possibilities, that gives you a little bit of hope. Uh, I think the uncertainty, obviously, of timelines and how much time that there is to work with is the the biggest thing, the most frustrating part of this, I think, for, for everyone involved. But I think it's okay like that the NLL hasn't, you know, floated out some plans and things because I don't want people to get false hope and then have it taken away from them. Well, that's so what we've seen. I'm okay, I'm okay just kind of sitting and waiting for the NLL to say, okay, here's the time frame and here's here's what we, we would like to try and do. Yeah, like we've seen leagues go, okay, April 30th, we're going to revisit the situation May 15th, and then we're going to revisit. The NLL hasn't done that. They said they're just going to wait until they know – for sure before they put a date out there because these leagues that are going, okay, well maybe at the end of April, well, no, that's not going to work. Let's wait another couple of weeks. And then you just kind of re keep re spinning the cycle. And, and that's not, that's not a good look either. And, and listen, they're the economical fallout from all this is, is massive, right? There's millions and billions of dollars on the line when it comes to professional sports and the NLL and the Saskatchewan rusher are, are not immune from that. And, and which kind of leads you down the path here flats is we're going to have Robert church and Kyle Rubish on the program coming up. So stick around for that. And we'll get to it shortly here as uh, Rubes will be up first, but all those things I mentioned earlier about, you know, where, where the location and if we start to get towards the end of summer, it's contract negotiation time again between the players association and the owners. They can the players can opt out if they like and, and start negotiations over. And after this and everything that we've gone through, I, I really worry about it like it. There was some hardball last time around, and if it goes down that road again, I get really fearful for the future of the league because 
They've gone through a tough time with all this COVID-19 stuff. And then to go for a labor dispute as well, I don't think fans have the appetite for it. I don't think the owners have the appetite for it. And I don't know if the league gets through that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's that's a tough one. That is, I mean, that's that's kind of the elephant in the room, I guess. You know, I'm, I, I am optimistic because I think situations like these more often than not have a way of bringing people and organizations closer together. Yeah. I, I get the sense and I'm not going to draw any parallels here, but it's interesting that earlier today, completely different situation, but we had a labor dispute here in Saskatchewan between the teachers and the provincial government. And, uh, that started in earnest right before everything shut down and the teachers had implemented sanctions and they were working to rule. It was not good today. They came to a, an agreement and, one of the things that the president of the teachers federation said was a lot has changed because of this situation in terms of different negotiating positions and, and the perspectives on what's important have shifted a little bit as well because of this. So priorities have changed. And, and so that moved the goalposts of their negotiation. I think, again, it's a completely different industry and completely different situation but I just get the sense that that's not something either side is going to be interested in going through after dealing with this whole COVID situation. Not to say that either one's going to roll over, but I think I, I'm, I'm optimistic. I think you know whatever whether the I think whether the players decide to opt in or not, I I would hope that there would be sort of a mutual sense of maybe let's revisit this in a year's time or three years time or however, whatever the term might be when things are more back to a normal sort of operation. Yeah. After everything that went through the first time around and after COVID-19 and all of this, let's just shake hands here and let's get this thing moving forward back where it belongs. Because this, this is going to be a hill that this team and this league are going to need to climb together players and owners in lockstep. Definitely. And I think what, you know, maybe what I was trying to say also is that I think that everyone on either side of the, I think everyone kind of recognizes the same things and the same things that are valuable, uh, about the NLL and professional lacrosse, all that stuff comes to the forefront when you have a situation like this. Uh, when just it's the old thing, you don't know what you got till it's gone. Well, it's gone right now, man. Do I? And miss I think, it. <laughs> oh, oh, you and me both, man. You and me both. I am twisting in the wind trying to cover sports right now when there are no sports. Yeah. Uh, but I think I think there is like again. I think there's generally a universal sort of sense within the league of, 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 of what is strong about the league and what, and what needs some work right now, you know, coming out of this. And so I'll help. Hopefully we don't have to go down that road. No, I will say going back to the league and any potential return to play, I think any fans who are hoping to be in a building watching lacrosse this year may have to put that one out of their mind. Mm-hmm. I think if we get any playoff lacrosse, I think it's a pretty safe bet it will be fanless. And that's just because of the whole mass gatherings yeah. aspect of this. Even here in Saskatchewan, where they're going to start 
announcing the reopening plan this week, they're still saying mass gatherings are not going to be happening for quite a while because that's such a huge part of this flattening the curve. So I, I think we can be hopeful for some lacrosse perhaps this summer. I don't think we we should be hoping too strongly for being able to actually buy tickets to those games. Yeah, and, and don't don't freak out, Rush Nation, because you'll still be able to watch. Like, they'll still air yeah. the games, which uh, will be, you know, probably the highest viewed numbers that the league has ever seen yeah. uh, across the board. So we'll look forward to that. And, and listen, uh, uh, just to kind of cap it all off here, I know for a fact that through – this pandemic that the league the rush the players association have all been communicating with each other almost on a daily if not weekly basis and they're working together the best that they can to to get through this and then start down the road again so um the relationship is good right now and and that's just something that i had been thinking about and and wanted to kind of throw out there that i I really hope after all this it, it goes the right way. A um, couple of great things before we get to Kyle Rubishier flats. A uh, couple of great things I've seen from the rush over the last couple of months uh, from afar, of, of course, as I sit in British Columbia here. But is uh, you can speak to this probably better than I can. But 1,450 year anniversary rush jerseys donated to co-op. Yeah, a very nice uh, gesture by Bruce Irvin and the Rush uh, in support of one of the team's big corporate partners, of course, Co-op Field at Sattel Center is, of course, the full name of the home of the Rush. And, uh, you know, Co-op being a big company, but largely staffed by people who are doing that frontline essential work right now, either grocery stores or working at the gas bars and you know, dealing directly with the public at a time when, you know, most people are being encouraged to stay away from each other. But these folks, have, they have jobs to do, and they've been doing them and, and helping everybody else get by and, and, and continue to live their lives uh, amidst this pandemic. So a really nice gesture by the Rush donating uh, jerseys to all those co-op employees. Saw some great photos uh, the other day from some of those folks around at their various uh, places of business uh wearing those great looking fifth anniversary mm. jerseys and i mean if you're not going to be able to buy and see them in the stands this season it, the fifth it's only one fifth anniversary so it's not like you can wear them next next year's not the fifth anniversary again so let's get them out let's get yeah. them on some people's backs and shoulders and let's see those things I hey man, you can wear those things for the next fifty years for all I care. Yeah, that's right. Um, and the other thing I think that we need to mention and I'll talk about gestures here, and, and we had the big big boss on podcast last month, and just after we had talked to him, the the story came out from the Urban family about donating the or offering up their RVs in Alberta for any frontline workers that needed to isolate from their families and, and risk infecting them. And they were going to, you know, just say where and when, and they would get them there and drop them off and set them up. What a, what an unbelievably generous offer there from, from the owner of the Saskatchewan rush, Bruce Urban. Yeah. And I mean, I wish I had, uh, you know, I don't have any knowledge of, you know, how many people took them up on the offer, but I'm sure they, there were some, I, I have no doubt about that. And, uh, especially in Alberta, which, you know, we, we you're in BC, uh, I'm here in Saskatchewan and 
each province has its own kind of situation. Alberta's had had a uh, you know kind of a roller coaster. In fact, they're kind of going having a bit of a downswing again right now because of some fresh outbreaks at a couple of meatpacking plants and things like that. So Alberta's had a had a bit of a rough ride, and and uh, there's you know to have something like that available for some of the the folks again who are doing essential work right now to to be able to have an an option to be able to be close with their families, uh, but still keep each other safe. Uh, really, really nice move uh, by the Urbans. Yeah, and we mentioned Merlin Ford Lincoln, your premier choice for Fords and Lincolns. Uh, I will, let's get a plug in for Western RV Canada's yeah. largest uh, Western RV dealer across uh, a couple of provinces there. And um, this is a tough time for the Urbans, of course, Ryan. Like this is. You know, not not only does Bruce Urban own own that company, but he owns the Rush as well. But this is like RV time right now. This is his busiest time <laughs> of the year, where where people are buying RVs, getting set to go camping for the summer or spring break or whatever the case may be. And uh, so he's going. Like I want to give make sure I get a shout out into Western RV. And if you are able now or when things get back to normal, uh, and, and you're thinking about bringing your family and hopping in a vehicle and, and taking a trip across the country or uh, to the next province, that's the place you want to go get your RV from. Could have said it better. All right, man. Let's uh, – well, you probably could have, but you're not going to show me up. Let's <laughs> let's get to break, and uh, we'll chat with Big Cal Rubish on the other side. Rubes will join us here on the Rush Hour podcast right after this. <laughs> Hey Rush Nation, this is Matthew Hoffick from the Saskatchewan Rush. You're listening to Rush Hour Podcast presented by Merlin Ford Lincoln, the premier Ford Lincoln dealership in Saskatoon. Welcome back to Rush Hour presented by Merlin Ford Lincoln, Season 2, Episode 6. A returning guest, it's Jake Elliott, it's Ryan Flaherty with you by the way. Returning guest here on Rush Hour uh, on the back end, it's your favorite defenseman on the rush. It's Kyle Rubish. Rubes, welcome back to Rush Hour. How's it going, man? Thanks for having me back. It's uh, it's going all right. Some crazy times right now, but uh, making the most of it and staying safe. Yeah, well, making the most of it. What what sort of things are are you doing to make the most of it during isolation time? Yeah, so I'm I'm lucky enough to still be working, so I'm working from home and then in the office a couple days here and there, so that's uh, keeping my sanity a bit. And then just uh, focusing on things coming in the summer. We're uh, we're expecting a, a baby, so we're just getting mm. the nursery area together and uh, just trying to plan things as best as possible. Yeah, do we know? Would... Uh, do we know, boy, girl? Do you know what color you're painting the room? Do you want to find out? Yeah, we actually found out it was a little uh, interesting because right now I'm dropping my wife off at the hospital because I'm not even allowed in. Uh, oh, so I'm man. just doing, yeah, I'm just doing drop offs and pickups just with with the whole COVID nineteen and the protocols. Only the the patients allowed in. So we had to do a uh, a live FaceTime when she was getting the ultrasound oh, and wow. found out. And uh, yeah, which was pretty pretty crazy but you just got to embrace it and uh yeah we we found out we're having a boy so that's exciting awesome all right future future rush player on the way uh in, i don't know 20 20 22 years maybe uh <laughs> i was gonna say you you got extra time for a baby prep now i don't know if that's a good or a bad thing how are, how, are you getting consulted on all this like how's, how's that all going 
Yeah, yeah, we definitely have time. The, the wife definitely has time to do some research of the best cribs and and change tables. So we've ordered all that and done all our measurements for the nursery area. So uh, things are looking good. <laughs> How how's the checkbook doing? That's not a cheap endeavor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Babies are expensive. You uh, you learn to find that out pretty quick. Uh, and I know you're kind of a a big trashy TV guy. I don't know if I can say that. You watch you watch <laughs> trashy TV as do I. What do you what have you been binging on lately? Yeah, actually, uh, Jordy Jones got me on uh, Temptation Island season two. So me and the wife just finished that, oh, and uh, I've heard uh, some of the guys are talking about Too Hot to Handle and on Netflix. So. Mm. We dove into that, but I don't know if I'm gonna if I'm gonna stick to that. I'm not really feeling it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes you might you might just go too far. You don't have to. You'll be able to find your way back. Yeah. Uh, yeah exactly. But <laughs> more serious things. I I uh, just finished Ozark, and, and oh. that's uh, that's one of my favorites. It doesn't get much better than that show, right there. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Rubes, I'm curious, man. When was the last time you went this long without? you know, playing some kind of lacrosse, whether it's like, you know, a, a formal game or just a practice with guys or like, what was the last time you went this long without it? Uh, I can't even remember. It's, it's, it's definitely a different time. Uh, lacrosse has been in my life for geez, since I was seven years old, always playing. And it's definitely weird not uh, being able to travel and, and see the guys every weekend and, and just, it's kind of becoming a normal thing in life. And uh, at this time it's, it's a definitely a big change. Now what do you, I mean, what are you doing? Rubes? like, uh, I know I'm, I'm trying these, like I just go on YouTube and look for a home body weight, 45 minute workout. And I just hit play on something and try and do whatever's on, on my screen. But I'm sure you're, you're a little more advanced than I am. What do you, what are you doing to keep the engine running and, and stay ready to play? Yeah. At home, I'm, uh, we're in a townhouse in downtown Toronto, so we don't have a lot of room down, down here, but, uh, just like the old fashioned pushups and sit-ups, but I've been, I've been running a ton, to be honest. I've never ran so much in my life. Uh, got a lot of spare time. So I'm on the Strava app and, and trying to do new challenges and just trying to stay, uh, Strava app. Tell me, tell me about this thing because I, I like to go out on my local circuit as well. And I'm always looking for new stuff here. Tell me about Strava. Yeah. It's just basically an app that tracks all your running and there's different challenges on it and you can be in groups of people, you know, it's kind of like a social media platform for, for running and I kind of use this time off to kind of get back into, into running a lot more because during the season you're kind of, you're busy traveling and then you're healing and you don't have obviously the amount of time that we have on our hands right now. So just trying to make the best of it. And I've been running a lot. There's obviously a lot of uncertainty when it comes to pretty much everything right now, but specifically Mm -hmm. with, you know, you guys and if, and when there will be a chance to have some kind of playoffs, as obviously we know now there's not going to be any more regular season games. Um, how much, you know, in the loop, how, I know how, how frequently are you getting a chance to hear, do you get any updates or, you know, how are you kind of looking at this whole scenario? Yeah, basically we had a conference call maybe two weekends ago, just kind of giving the updates, which wasn't too many updates, but basically the message from coach Keenan was just to, to stay ready. And and we never know when this is going to end and when the season may or may not start. So, 
basically we just have to be prepared and and whenever the whenever things get back to normal being able to uh, jump back into things like like you said it might be something quick it might be hopefully something a little bit more in depth with more games but uh there's things going on right now that you can't control that Speaking with Kyle, sorry, Jake, I was just going to follow up and say, like, I wouldn't ask you to sort of give a, a suggestion for a plan of how things can work. But what I, I was curious about is from your perspective, like as a player, how late do you think things could go? Like, how late could you play, uh, come back and, and play and, and feel like it was enough time after that, you know, to then cycle ramp back down and back up for, you know, the following season? Yeah, like I could see something maybe in the summer being salvaged or late summer even. Like uh, last year with the Worlds in, in September, that kind of was like a whole tournament and then things kind of ramped up in, in November. So I'm just being hopeful. If something happened in the summer and or late summer, that would be that would be awesome because as a player, you always want to finish the season and that you started and, and kind of want to see a champion if that's possible. But uh like everyone knows, this thing is uh, out of everyone's hands. Yeah, and with that, Rubes, like I, I mean, if they say, okay, all the Eastern games are going to be played at the track and all the Western games are going to be at the Langley Event Center Fieldhouse or, or whatever the case is, like, are you going to personally be okay hopping on a plane and, and going to a, a venue like that and playing in front of no people? Is that something that you've kind of entertained in your head? Yeah, definitely. I've I've kind of just been prepared for anything. Like this is obviously something that we've never gone through and and whatever whatever the solution is at the end if there even is one, that's what you have to do. Like uh our league is taking all the the protocols necessary to make sure that everything will be safe and before every everything goes back to normal. So it's very very unprecedented times and whatever happens, you just have to be ready for it and embrace it. You mentioned, you know, the, you know, some of the, the, the options that are there in terms of timing, but I, I thought something interesting you said was about, you know, it'd be nice to, you know, nice to have, you know, a championship. How important is that? Like, do you, uh, to, to have, you know, some kind of a closure to the year and, you know, that being said, if you are able to have playoffs or have, have a champion crown with half the season kind of cut off, do you think it'll still still feel like a like a real championship? I think it'll be a little bit different just because the season being so choppy and obviously cut up into different segments. But uh, I think once you get back on the floor and, and guys are battling for the NL championship, it's going to feel special winning that for whatever team, just knowing what goes into it. Um, it will definitely be a little bit different how it went about, but knowing that what it takes to get it. And if there is a champion crown, it will still feel special. Mm. And anytime you start a season with, with a group, you always want to finish it. Uh, there's so many like seasons that you've had that you've had different teammates and the team's never exactly the same as it is every single year. So you kind of want to finish that and, and kind of finish what you had. Man, yeah, like talk talk about a year to remember. Like my goodness, uh, as we speak with Kyle Rubish here, and uh, you mentioned uh, getting on a teleconference uh, with the boys, and and did I not, did I see a, a rush poker tournament happening on online a, a week or two ago? Did that go down? Yep, yep. Guys got together and uh, did the Zoom app, and uh, I must have missed my my 
invite in the email. Uh, I don't know what happened there, but uh, who who took down uh, who took down the big prize that night? To be honest, I think they had an east table and a west table. I didn't play, and I'm not a huge poker fan to be honest. I I didn't want to sit around and, and play poker for a few hours, knowing how long those games take. But I'm I'm not exactly sure who ended up winning. Okay. But I think they had maybe we'll ask east- Churchy. Uh, maybe we'll ask. Churchy. What's that? Oh well, yeah. we got Robbie coming on uh, after you, so maybe we'll ask we'll ask Church. Yeah, I know Churchy played in it, and I know he will know who won. I, I can't remember who won, but I know there was a couple tables going, so that's why maybe it's hard to remember who took the crown. What's your sense, uh, you know, in, in, in talking with your teammates? All right, who is which one of these guys is going the craziest right now in this whole scenario? Who's just absolutely just chewing their finger to down to the nub right now? Uh, it could go either way. I could see Mark getting a little stir crazy. He's always uh, up to something, and he's always so social and and always has something on the go. So I could see Mark getting a little. Uh, a little restless and and you could go the opposite way with Corbs being a being a gym freak and obviously due to safety reasons he can't be doing that but I'm sure he's uh he's finding ways to keep his uh his fitness in 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 track but uh definitely I could see these those guys going a little bit stir crazy I was going to say I was going to say mess uh, but then he could just like go outside and chop down a tree or something uh, Yeah yeah I I, I, I see mess on Instagram he's he's on the lake he's 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 hiking all the time he's out in Kelowna so he's yeah. got He's a mountain man. He's got a lot of space to, to roam about. Absolutely. Hey, Kyle, uh, appreciate your time here on Rush Hour. Best of luck with uh, the new Bambino coming coming soon. And uh, be safe, be healthy, and, and can't wait to see you back in Saskatoon. I appreciate that, guys, and stay safe, and thanks for having me. That was – yeah, sorry. That's, that was Kyle Rubish right there. And uh, I know, like you suggested, who do you want to talk to this month? He was kind of one of the first names out of your mouth. Always a good chat with, with my boy Rubes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I was one of my favorite interviews on the team for sure, on a team full of them. Uh, but uh, a, a great insights from someone who's been around the league for quite a while. Uh, seen a lot of things and not not stuff like this. Nobody's seen anything no. like this before. So No. Uh, always great to hear from from veterans and, and, and who have been through been through it all, and then find a new thing to go through. We'll talk to another one on the other side. He goes by the name of Robert Church. Keep it right here on Merlin Ford Lincoln Rush Hour. Robert Church, right after this. Hey, Rush Nation, this is Travis Cornwell from the Saskatchewan Rush. You're listening to the Rush Hour podcast presented by Merlin Ford Lincoln, your premier choice Ford Lincoln dealer in Saskatoon. Welcome back to Rush Hour here presented by Merlin Ford Lincoln. You just heard it right there. Your premier choice for Fords and Lincolns in Saskatoon. Jay Kelly, Ryan Flaherty back with you. Uh, good shot there with Kyle Rubish. Now we bring in number 23 in your Rush program. It's my Coquitlam buddy, Robert Church, back on the podcast. Uh, how's it going, Churchy? Uh, how are things up the hill from me? Well, I mean, I guess it's going about as good as it can with what's going on. I mean, uh, definitely miss uh, playing lacrosse and seeing the guys, seeing you two on the weekend. So, I mean, 
dealing with it with uh, the best you possibly can, I guess. Well, let's let's start there, Robert. Uh, what are you doing to deal? I mean, are you are you following all the guidelines like everybody else, staying inside and only going out for essential reasons? How are you trying to stay in shape? All that sort of stuff. Yeah, I think I've been uh, following the rules. I live in Port Moody, so it's a beautiful area. There's trails, so. Uh, I've been getting out and running, and I actually just uh, picked up a pair of rollerblades. So oh. I've been hitting the trail, hit trails on those, which has been a lot of fighting. It has been almost ten years since I've been on them last. So get some knee pads, curve to pick that up again. Knee pads and a helmet too, I hope. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> Safety first. Yeah, yeah. Got to be ready for whenever the season comes back. <laughs> you finding a few more uh, find those trails to be a little more crowded uh, these days? Yeah, they're they're not bad. I mean, I think they're could be a few more people inside but i mean i'm out there too everyone just everyone's doing well keeping their social distance and you know walking six feet apart or you know giving you nice nice, lots of room if you're gonna run by them so that part's been good yeah i i know Uh, like you know the coquitlam crunch robert that's that's kind of my hill and and i got to a point where i was like man there's just there's too many people here and now i've like gone and just you know i'm going up dawes hill and stuff Coquitlam Crunch, which seems totally weird to do, but there's nobody in front of me or around me, which I really enjoy. So, um, you know, oh, yeah, I grew up, I grew up right near Dodge Hill, so I mean that's a a bit of a struggle. Yeah, it is. Man. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you, but I don't know if you guys want a you want a funny Dodge Hill story. Give it to me, yes, please. Uh, yeah. Back in 2010, when Mark lived with me in junior, um, he worked down down the bottom of Dodge Hill for like a landscape scamp. <clears throat> Sorry, landscaping company, and uh, I don't know, Jake. If you saw the car he had when he lived in Coquitlam that I, summer, I, I don't. I don't think I did. Tell tell me about it. I think Ken Wood bought it for like five hundred bucks. <laughs> it wasn't supposed to last more than a couple months, <laughs> but I, okay. he worked, and if he'd have to wind it up, and if he didn't, uh, if there was a car coming the other way, and he had to pull out, he couldn't go up the hill. He'd have to circle back around. And try oh again. my god! <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty funny trying a couple times when, you know. I mean, it would be circling around trying to catch catch a, a break in the traffic so we can make it up the hill so we can go home. Unbelievable. Oh, man. Unbelievable. So for uh, anybody that's not well, picturing, I, this is about the steepest of hills that you can find anywhere. And uh, it's what I've been kind of walking, half running up. And, and uh, <laughs> if a car couldn't get up it, you know it's a oh, pretty yeah. steep hill. But uh, I don't so, think I've ever been up it on feet, but I, I can't even imagine trying. It's, it's not steep. Yeah, it's not, uh, not good. But... Uh, I saw I saw online uh, and we were asked Kyle this uh, Robert that uh, the, the boys had a poker tournament. I, I don't know where my invite f- got lost uh, in, in some junk mail or something. But who uh, who who won the tournament? Uh, who came out on top with all the money? Uh, Marty Dinsdale. Oh, the new papa. Yeah, it was. I forget who was at the end. I think it was Marty and Travis, maybe. So, yeah, it was a. It so was, Marty's saying nothing, was, and Travis just won't stop talking. Pretty much, I think. <laughs> well, I I was out. I think I was second or third out. I can't remember. I made it to the final table, so maybe not second or third. But um, yeah, I kind of just left after the Zoom call because it it took a it took a long time. Like I think we I set the game up. So oh, you didn't put uh, the blinds fast enough. Yeah, or... how did no? So it, it how, took a how while does to get the going. Game no one's really getting kicked out. Sorry, I was going to say, how does a poker game work over Zoom? Yeah, how do you, how do you do that? I only knew how because uh, some buddies did it a pre- the previous week, so I was kind of forced to set it up because because uh, I had a little bit of knowledge. But 
it's through poker stars. You kind of just set up a club and then you people join the club and you can set up a, a tournament date that everyone logs on and gets on for. And then we just did the zoom call on the side. So. Yeah. So I just, I actually literally just did this last night. And, and so flats, if you want to do this with your buddies or whatever, you don't exchange the real money on the poker star site. You could, I suppose, but you go to the mm-hmm. home, you go play chips and, and you play and you go to home games on poker stars. And then, you just e-transfer to whoever wins the pot or whatever. Somebody, yeah, that's somebody exactly plays what we did. Yeah. yeah, so that's how you do it. It was pretty cool, and and like I I, th- I think a lot of people are are starting to do this sort of thing to kind of stay in touch with friends or family or whatever. Uh, how are how have you been coping with that, Churchy? Like you you Facetime and family members and and buddies to kind of keep in touch with those guys as well. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I'm sure it's the same as everyone just. A lot of Zoom calls with friends on Friday or Saturday night. Uh, I got like a little group of friends that uh, we get together almost every weekend. Like Kevin Newfeld's in there, Benny Mack, you know, and the girlfriend. So kind of get on, play some games. We play like Jackbox TV. I don't know if you guys know what that is. No, tell yeah, me about. Yeah. I don't. I don't tell me about this. I'm always looking for new ideas. It's through Epic Games um, on your computer, kind of, and then you uh, they got a bunch of different party packs that. You play different games, and I mean, look, it's a little offside sometimes, but it's a lot Perfect. of fun. And, uh, Perfect. Kind of, someone just got a screen share, and then you play through your phone, and everyone can, you know, kind of play along, and it's really interactive. And we've had a lot of fun doing that because there's there's twenty, thirty different games you can play on there. Cool. We're you're talking. We're talking about all these different, you know, things people are doing to fill their time, and it's all there's a lot of technology you know, adapting and getting to learn new programs, all these different how things is there a guy uh, on the team who's just you know struggling with the technology side who's just like having a can't figure out the zoom or like is there one guy who's just this is just too much i don't know i mean we only did the one call and i think it was pretty straightforward i think everyone got on there was only i don't even 12 of us 14 of us but yeah i think everyone's been uh we're all pretty young and you know, I went through college and, you know, you had all your FaceTimes and get pretty good with the computer or iPad. So I think everyone's been pretty, uh, pretty good at getting on the calls and, you know, using technology to our advantage in these, these, uh, I guess, boring times at home. Uh, I, I'm glad you're, you're ahead of me there. I, I literally did an entire interview yesterday and didn't record it on Zoom. So that was, that was great. <laughs> fortunately, the, oh, fortunately, the guy, oh. fortunately, the guy was, uh, willing to do a redo so it was uh, I shouldn't laugh, <laughs> a little bit of a facepalm moment yeah, for me one. but I shouldn't show my age but that can happen bit. anyway yeah. you can do that on your phone too like it's <laughs> Yeah, they, I got I got a funny story when it comes to that. Uh, the Langley Thunder and, and the Vancouver Stealth picked up a guy named Yoki Miller, now plays for the Wings, and he was staying at at, at a house in Langley, and and he wasn't driving, and he came to the LEC to record uh, on the podcast and I don't know how far he walked, but like apparently walking in Finland is a very common thing. So it wasn't a big deal to him, but it was like, you know, three or four miles he walked to come and do the interview only to find out that we didn't, (laughs) the interview did not save. He walked back again and did it again. This guy, I could not believe it. Uh, So shout out to Joachim Miller. As we speak with Robert Church here on Rush Hour, and and we talked to Kyle Rubish about this, Churchy, that if, in fact, the the league says – Okay, we're we're gonna play a postseason and and uh, and we're gonna do it in in one location and no fans are gonna be around. 
Like, how do you feel about that? Is that something you'd be open and willing to do as long as you feel like it's safe and, and everybody says it's okay? Are you like, have you thought about that when that day is going to come? Uh, yeah, I think, I think I'd be on board with it. I mean, obviously there's going to be a lot of people, uh, way above, of our pay grade and, you know, with the government that are going to be able to decide if it's, it's okay. And when that happens, I guess I'm, I'll feel comfortable with that. Um, I think they, they got to crown a, a champion this season. It would be pretty crazy if they didn't, but I don't know. I think there's been some things flow around. I'm not sure if they'll, you know, consider the NLL champion like previous years with so much season left, but I think they got to do some sort of final end of the year tournament with uh, a set number of teams and, you know, crown some sort of champion. Maybe it'll hold a little less weight than the, like the full season, but I think it's something that needs to happen. Well, and that's something that we we asked Kyle is like, you know, does he sort of said a, a similar thing? You know, he'd like to have some kind of a champion crown. If if that were to be the rush, uh, would that would would you feel like you know like that has you know the the weight of a of a, of a true championship? I think it was. It's a little too early to tell. It would probably be how how this goes down and how many teams are involved. Because I mean, if they just you know, say four teams played out, then maybe it'll hold a little less weight because there's so much time left in the season. Like there's a lot of shake up in the standings that could happen. So it's, it's tough to say. I mean, I think at the very end, if we're, if they do a little small tournament, we win, I, I guarantee you, we'd be just as happy as any other championship. No <laughs> doubt about that. And and I guess, I mean, it's tough coming the season, coming to a halt the way it did church. Like it, you guys were just kind of starting to look to me like just starting to kind of find your stride and, and get in the groove after a, a inconsistent start where you had breaks. And then, you know what I'm saying here? So I like what, after being around this organization for the amount of years that you have been, what did you think of this year's squad? And do you think you got a legit shot to win if we get back to it? I think we definitely have a legit chance. I mean, uh, did you guys watch the Bulls documentary that was on Netflix, yes. the first two episodes? Yeah. That kind of reminded me a lot of our team with, I think MJ said, like, when you lose, when you're a team that's expect to win, when you won, lose one game, it feels like you've lost four or five in a row. And you know, that's kind of how we felt. I mean, we were like four and two and everyone was on eggshells and, you know, thinking that our, you know, we're struggling, but like we're first in the West. And, <laughs> you know, we just hold ourselves to such high standards that, when things aren't going well and, you know, it doesn't feel like everything's clicking, we kind of start to panic when I don't necessarily think we should. Absolutely, Robert Church. Well, hey, man, uh, continue to stay safe and healthy, and uh, I really hope we get back to some sort of lacrosse before this calendar year and give the Rush and yourself a chance to be crowned champions once again. Appreciate your time on Rush Hour, my friend, and we will talk soon, I'm sure. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, guys. Stay safe out there. That was Robert yeah, Church. Uh, good guy, Robbie Church. I've known that kid. I've watched, literally watched Robert Church grow up as a youngster and, and just blossom into one of the league's best players. Yeah. And, and, and on any, on almost any other team, you'd be the headline guy, right? Like, um, but we always talk about how stacked this team is. Um, and, but you're talking about a guy who led the league in power play goals back to back years, you know, and uh, was having a pretty good start to this season. Uh, and so, yeah, that's one of the things that's so tough about this whole situation is you, 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 you lose the chance to see where guys could have gone, you know, this particular year, at least from a statistical standpoint, right? Um, so there's, that's going to have an impact 
on on all kinds of things going forward. But yeah, great player, great uh, great guy, lots of great insights, and uh, great to have him on. I gotta I gotta get a funny Robert Church story in here, and and this is when I want to say, well, it was Robert Church's draft year, which I think was 2012 or 2013. I can't quite remember which one, but I, I think it's 2012. Yeah. Okay, so. Ben McIntosh and Robert Church both end up getting drafted to the rush, of course, and I still still can't believe that that actually happened, that Derek Keene was able to pull <laughs> that off. Two guys, again, that grew up playing together their entire lives, went to university together, and then get drafted to the same pro team together. It's, it's mind-boggling that 12 other teams would allow that to happen. Anyways, uh, Robert Church, so I at the time, I'm working for the Minnesota Swarm as their Western scout, and John Arlotta, the owner of the, the Swarm, came out to the West and, and was interviewing a number of, of players, and Robert Church was one of them, as, as John had a pretty high draft pick in, in that year's draft, and, and we sat down with Robert for a meal and, and had a chat with him, and, and one of the questions... Uh, from John was was you know what do you like to do in your your spare time and and this you know Rob Rob's going into his rookie year he's still a pretty young guy and he said uh well I you know I, I like hanging out with my friends and uh I like playing video games and and John says okay that's great he goes uh well what about uh what about the gym what about working out and, and Robert says well you know I'm not I'm not really a big guy, gym guy I don't really like working out <laughs> <laughs> and that was it for John Arlotta and and he's like I'm out, I'm out on Robert Church. He doesn't like the gym, he doesn't like working out. And and Rob's changed his his regimen around now, but back then that was that was just a matter of fact. He wasn't a big gym guy and he's probably still not, but he does it now because he's later on in his career and he's matured. But I still to this day was like John, like this kid is special. I look past this this workout thing. You, this is your guy that you want to. Could not convince him uh, that that Rob Church was his guy, and Saskatchewan Edmonton at the time will be forever grateful of that decision. But I, I found that pretty funny. Oh, you know, I, this is the owner of the team asking him about his workout regimen. Oh, I don't really like the gym. I'm not a big. <laughs> just, and just think about how, you know, things could have been different in so many different ways. Oh man. If that if if he gets drafted by that organization. I you know, know, everything from where they're located to you know, who knows, right? There's so many different possible outcomes. So well, the other I know the rush are pretty darn glad to have them. Yeah, and, and another deal that that's funny you bring that up. We were talking about on all talk no action today, which will be out on Friday. <laughs> About and, and Brad Challoner brought it up about how the one move of the rush and the stealth completing a deal for Ethan Iannucci that resulted in Mark Matthews being a member of the rush instead of the stealth as the first overall pick and how yeah. that changed the course of those two franchises and yeah. multiple players that were involved down the list, down the ladder of the draft picks and the players that were swapped and the trickle down, like Brody Merrill's involved, Iannucci, Rabel, Matthews, Wes Berg, it gets put in that. It's crazy the rabbit hole you can go down when you look back at that deal that involved Mark Matthews, which really changed the Rush organization as a whole, which resulted in, in three championships uh, when the mailman arrived. You know, maybe we have one more episode uh, this season. Uh, maybe we should go down that rabbit hole a bit next a month and talk about 
this team yeah. and how it was constructed. I and think that's great. Give folks the backstories on some of these deals because you know fans around here got to know some of these players just when they showed up already part of the team. Right. So maybe that's something to talk about to dig deeper into next month. Well, and it, and it'll make our jobs super easy because our good friend back there in Saskatoon, my other podcast partner, Evan Schemenauer, has a detailed chronological list already broken down from start to finish of that exact trait. So it, it is. Of it is fa- Yes, of course he does. It is. <laughs> I'm telling you, it, it's fascinating. So we'll look forward to that. Great idea. Let's uh, take a quick little break here and then we'll wrap things up on the other side of season two episode six of the rush hour podcast presented by merlin ford lincoln hey rush nation this is ryan Diltz from the saskatchewan rush you're listening to the rush hour podcast presented by merlin ford lincoln your premier choice ford lincoln dealer in saskatoon all right, welcome back to Rush Hour. One, uh, one final segment to go here. Jake Elliott, Ryan Flaherty with you. And and not much here in, in the fourth quarter, so to speak, Flats, but I know you had a, a couple of nuggets, and, and this is something else with the suspension or the cancellation of the remainder of the regular season, and it makes things very difficult, not only for playoff scenarios and, and trophies and championships and all that, but the, the season awards and milestones as well. Like, I don't know what the league is going to do as far as handing out. Like, are we going to see an MVP? Are we going to see a defensive player or a goaltender or a coach of the year? I don't know. I I hope they do, and, and I don't know how they do it because some teams have played several games more than other teams. So it's a bit of an unfair fight. So I think you got to start to look at some math and do percentages or something if you're, if you're talking about scoring champions and that sort of thing. But um, in – from a rush specific perspective there there was a like mark matthews you mentioned had never missed a game in his national lacrosse league career what happens now yeah it's it's really interesting i mean these are you know we're already talking about something in the in the bigger picture that is fairly inconsequential and that is you know when can sports resume <laughs> but even within that this is even less consequential but it is still a really interesting thing to look at because you've got guys who, you know, you know, like veteran guys who are getting towards the end of their careers and, and we're climbing up various, you know, lists statistically and, you know, missing out on games is going to have an impact on their, their career totals and where they may have finished in those, there's things. Mark Matthews is an Ironman streak dating back to his first game in the league. And, uh, you know, so that presumably will resume whenever lacrosse starts up again. But, you know, how will, how will people perceive that? Can he, if he eventually goes on to, you know, set a, you know, make a, make a press on a push on the, the actual record? Like, is, is there going to be an asterisk there? Like, what's that mean? Jeremy Thompson, uh, he's moving up the rankings in faceoff wins. So he was getting close to uh, fourth, I believe, in the, in all time in the NLL when things were put on pause. How much more lacrosse does Jeremy Thompson have in him? Uh, you know, I'm not saying anything. I don't have any insights about his career plans, but the clock is always ticking for for athletes. And when you take some of their time away from them, uh, it has an impact on that stuff. So again, in the grand scheme of things, not the the biggest, uh, most important detail, but it's just a really interesting thing to kind of look at. And when you talk about yeah, end of season awards, I would imagine if there is a playoff and a champion crown, there would also be 
end of year awards, but some will be easier to hand out than others. Yeah. How would you, how do you, uh, you know, crown a scoring champion? Is it a points per game scoring champion this year? What about goaltending? You know, we had, we were seeing probably one of, if not the greatest season for goaltending in the NL's history when this all happened. How, how do you choose a goaltender of the yeah. year when some guys have played 13 games and some guys have played 10 games and how do you compare their numbers? It's interesting stuff to talk about. It's fun for guys like us to talk about. Yeah, well, it probably will give people in the league office some, some real headaches if, get, when they get to that point. Uh, get, we'll just get Evan on the, on the math again when it comes to, to yeah. that sort of thing. He'll, he'll look forward to that challenge. I'm sure. Um, one thing I wanted to mention and, and, you know, here in British Columbia at seven o'clock every night, people get out on their decks and bang pots and pans and honk their horns and whistle and clap. And uh, what, why they do that is to recognize all the frontline workers and the essential workers that continue to to get out there and brave the elements and, and keep people like me and you safe uh, when all we have to do is, is stay inside our place as much as we possibly can. So. I want to give a big thank you out to them for for continuing to to protect us essentially. So um, I don't know if this has caught on anywhere else, but this is something really big here in, in British Columbia. I think they do it in New York as well. So I encourage anybody to to do this. Where seven o'clock is the time to do it, wherever you are, whatever time zone you're in, and, and just get out and make some noise uh, for the frontline and essential workers to. Show them your gratitude and, and just a quick message here from the Urban family that obviously we want to get back to playing lacrosse. We know how important Rush Nation is and, and we recognize how important their dedication is as well. And right now I, I know Derek Keenan and, and Evan Kirk have been calling season ticket holders, thanking them for their support. To all the the sponsors that continue to support the Rush as well in the city of Saskatoon, Rush Nation, we will be back playing lacrosse when that day comes. We're not so sure, but uh, we appreciate you more than anything. And, and that includes you listening to the Rush Hour podcast here as well. Yeah, I echo everything that you just said, Jake. I actually live just a half a block down the street from uh, one of the hospitals here in Saskatoon. So I always see staff uh, coming and going on, on shift change and that sort of thing. And it's not easy work at the best of times. Uh, long shifts uh, and dealing with a lot of people going through a lot of stuff. Uh, and of course, I know there's a lot of other people in other industries that are also doing essential work right now, but specifically when it comes to the healthcare folks. Um, so, I mean, strong, brave people just to go into those professions to begin with and, and to continue to do the work they're doing uh, right now when it's when it's needed the most. Uh, very much appreciated. And uh, I certainly have been uh, thanking the ones that I see out, uh, you know, on their way to and from work when I am also, you know, on my way to or from the office. Well said, partner, and uh, be safe. Be well back there in Saskatoon and Rush Nation. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Robert Church and Kyle Rubish and Merlin Ford Lincoln, of course. And we will talk to you at some point in the month of May. Keep an ear out, keep an eye out. Rush Hour podcast will be back in the month of May for sure. All right, for Ryan Flaherty, I've been Jake Gillian for the fastest game on two feet and for the creator. Be safe and be healthy, everybody.